0: Hello and welcome to the forty-second edition of the Two Black Two Nerdy podcast. I'm your host Chris,
1: and I'm your host Chris.
0: And today um, we have a really great episode for you guys. Um, we're going to be talking about Eternals as well as um, some of the new uh, Disney Plus Marvel announcements. Um, but before we start, we have a uh, guest with us. Uh, Chris, you want to do introductions, and then you know we can start.
1: Yes, coming from a galaxy far, far away and also a factory far, far away. We got Brooke. Brooke, tell the people where they can find you.
2: Hello. Uh, well, thanks for having me. Um, you can find most of my content comes from TikTok. Uh, I am B Dazzler. It's B underscore Dazzler. Uh, but I also stream on Twitch. Uh, we have a lot of fun there from playing through all of the Star Wars video games. Uh, that is B Dazzler with two underscores. Um, and like Chris mentioned, I have a Etsy shop, uh, called far, far away factory, which is lots of fun, uh, fandom merch and whatnot.
1: Yes. And you know, she, she doesn't just do star Wars stuff. She also does some Marvel stuff. She does. She, she'll do some customizable air force ones.
2: That's true. (laughs) That's
0: Awesome. Um, so I guess we'll can just dive right in to, uh, so the Eternals came out, I guess, recording this a week and a half ago. Yep. Almost, um... Uh, I think box office first week was pretty good. Uh, I don't think it hit what their goals were, but it didn't perform badly at all. And this week, I'm not sure. Um, I think the movie's gotten, movie's gotten mixed reactions. So I think it was kind of like, uh, I think the critics on Rotten Tomatoes, it got like rotten. It was like what? 52% or something like that. The, I think the movie it's at, came like, out. seven right now. Yeah. And then the movie, uh, and then the movie came out and the audience scores relatively high. It's in the eighties, I believe. So yeah. this is definitely, I definitely was feeling a um, a Batman v Superman uh, flashback <laughs> all over again. I don't know if that was, that was one of our uh, earlier videos that we did. Um, that movie was also kind of a similar place where it was like the critics didn't like it when it came out. But then there's a lot of people that like that movie. So I guess um, we could just dive right in. Um, I don't know, Brooke, if you want to start, uh, you just give your thoughts about the movie as a whole. And then we can just kind of go into details from there.
2: Yeah, I just saw it on Thursday, actually. So it's pretty fresh in my brain. Um, I overall, I really liked it. I, I knew that I was gonna like it because I usually just like everything the first time I see it. Uh, I have trouble I have to like, take time to really process stuff. And before I come up with, you know, my criticisms, but Uh, I liked it. I was very surprised to see the reviews coming in, at least the critic reviews being so negative, Um, especially when you compare it to how the other Marvel movies are ranked. Uh, I feel like it is better than a lot of other Marvel movies, Um, but overall, I really liked it. Um, I think maybe it could have been a little bit shorter uh, would be my uh, first uh, complaint or just first suggestion but i i'm a very character driven person so i loved that they with the time they were given in the movie i feel like they gave all of the characters space to breathe and we got to like we got to know the characters pretty well in just the first movie which is a very hard thing to do when you have such a big cast um but yeah and i think the story was nice uh i feel like I'm excited to see where it goes more than I was excited about the story in the movie, but I don't necessarily think that's all bad or an all bad thing. So, but yeah.
0: All right. And, uh, Chris, how'd you feel about it? You're the, the Marvel hater.
1: I am not a Marvel (laughs) hater. All right. Um, but I, 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 I thought it, I thought it was cool. You know, I, I think it, it it it's not like it's not going to be my favorite Marvel film. It's nowhere near being my least favorite Marvel film. So I think it is probably somewhere there in the middle. Um, it had a lot of fun characters in it. I think the visual effects were really good. Um, Chloe Zhao did a phenomenal job framing uh, the the movie that she wanted to tell. Um, like I, I understand some people's complaints that it was a bit slow, like I get that, that's fine, but not every movie needs to be boom boom pow pow bang bang throughout the entire film. Um like one of the things that, that's great about films is when you have really action packed films, is when you have those moments of quiet that you can sit and reflect. And this movie was kinda like the opposite. It was a lot of time to sit and reflect with the characters and then you would get action um so i think that's where people are saying like oh it's not your typical marvel film and they don't like that and it's just like y'all y'all can pay attention to something other than explosions for five minutes <laughs> um i i the criticisms uh it, it just brings up what brie larson said a few years ago as to why we need uh movie critics that are not just white men because i I, I read some of those reviews and I'm just like and then what after watching the movie, I'm just like, I, what movie did you watch? Because I don't understand where your your criticism is coming from. And then of course there was I can't remember this YouTube YouTuber's name. He's a black guy. He's he's an incel for sure, but oh he he went off I think you know who I'm talking about, Chris. Um he he went off on the the uh gay kiss between Fasos and his husband, and I'm just like that like, I don't know, like three seconds of a two hour and thirty seven minute film yeah. that you feel like is just had to talk about. It. Yeah, no, this ruins this this you know. The SJW the, the ad- agenda
0: the woke yeah. SJW agenda.
1: <laughs> yeah, that man is a hop skip away from becoming a hotep. But oh my I don't gosh. I feel like he yeah. doesn't like yeah. nope. enough to be a hotep. There, anyway. There's a lot
0: of people like that, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. So I, I think it it you know, it, it kept me entertained for for the time there. Um, I felt like some of the things that I, I could see coming, but also I had some things spoiled for me. So I think that kind of helped me pe- piece things together um, before I get it. And before we get into to full spoiler territory, because, you know, we're going to. Um, this is an, it, for, for me, this is an Icarus, Sprite, and Druig hate account.
2: <laughs> and Druig? Really?
1: And Druig. That man is a cult man. leader.
2: You know, pe- they well, kind of brushed over that. They did, yeah. honestly. Well <laughs> you know
1: bad. what?
0: You know what? The, he he had a cute thing with his maybe girlfriend. So we'll we'll let the cult we'll let him. You know, we'll let the uh, the cult stuff slide this time, right? That's how the internet is.
1: Yeah. What What do you think, Chris?
0: Oh gosh, you know I. I will say that for the for the most part, I did I, I did actually really enjoy the movie. Um, I do see where people say that it was slow. It definitely was just it was so. Di- I feel like this movie was just not made for like your typical Marvel fan, and those mm-hmm. are a lot of the people that did not like this movie. It in many ways, parts of it, I don't. It reminded me of Man of Steel. I don't know why, but it did.
1: Because because of how how they framed Icarus's powers, yeah, like his flight, his uh like even when he was fighting some of the deviants in the air um you know like the way he was fighting it was similar to how he was fighting zod or some of the other kryptonians um i i think chloe Zhao did say zack snyder did lay out the blueprint for what she wanted to do with that and i think that was evident
0: yeah yeah, I mean the, I mean a lot of the internals honestly were, they, I mean they're very, their power set was very similar to like the Justice League, right? Because you had a Superman, mm. you had a Flash, you have a Wonder Woman essentially, you a know.
1: cyborg.
0: Yeah, cyborg, and I mean even a, I mean Fastos is almost a Lantern, you know, so yeah yeah creating everything with his imagination so yeah you did almost it it was interesting that that they just had that that was their power set which is very like justice Leaguey. but i mean as far as the movie or overall i enjoy i enjoyed it for the most part um i didn't love i didn't love a lot of the cersei icarus stuff but i feel like the rest or sprite but i feel like the rest of the cast was entertaining enough to keep me engaged so i did not have a problem with that um let me think. So, yeah. So, I mean, a lot of the movie, they're fighting the deviants. I prefer, like, generic movie monsters. I didn't mind the deviants too much. I like that the one-head deviant got to, like, evolve a little bit in the movie. So he wasn't just, like, they weren't just, like, mindless. He wasn't just, like, a completely mindless monster that they had to kill. Um, And I like getting more lore about the Celestials and kind of, what they're all about. Though, even though, did we ever get an explanation like of like Ego? Like, why is Ego a planet if he's a celestial when they're like born out of planets? Was that like explained at all?
1: Nope.
2: Nope. Mm-mm. Okay. No. You know. I'm sure they'll address it eventually. Now that they have the Eternals in the MCU, but I have no idea. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I find it, uh I found it interesting that uh, when they started explaining everything for what it was, and just various characters reactions to finding out that spoiler they're essentially pretty robots that was hilarious um and i mean i think it's also very real they all had their very different real reactions to it um and i think they had a very strong cast because no none no no one member of the cast is like a huge breakout star Right. They're all more like recent stars that have gotten their time to shine in different areas. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, as a Game of Thrones fan, it was nice to see the Kings in the North reunite on screen.
0: Um, oh, yeah. 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 Because with uh, yeah, Dane Wetman. Yeah. Mm hmm. Actually, that was another thing. I'll say this. I liked. Uh... I like Dane Whitman for the brief amount of time he was in the movie cuz I feel like when you have a movie where it's like okay a character's moving on and like gotten a boyfriend and then like the ex comes back I feel like they go out of their way to make their boyfriend like like a loser and I feel like mm-hmm. Dane Whitman was just like he was a normal guy for the most part. I mean, until the post credits we find out. But for the most part, he was a normal guy. He had relatively like normal <laughs> like normal reactions like, what's going on? Like, hey, mm-hmm. are we still are we still dating? You know, you gonna get back with your ex? What's going on? Like I felt like he he had like a reaction that you would see and he wasn't just like y- you could tell that like Cersei didn't just like like settle after mm-hmm. after Icarus, which I which I appreciated. So um what a, I, thought I, it, sorry. I
1: thought it was funny when uh the deviant attacked and he was he goes to sprite, I thought you killed them all. She was like, You believe me? I do now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I mean, as far as characters I didn't like, I definitely didn't like sprite. I- Icarus was fine, like, I get he's like. Married to the mission, but the whole Sprite subplot of her being in love with Icarus, and I get that they're all like, oh, but, you know, that's clearly, like, a child actress. I'm just kind of like, I I just did not, I was just not vibing with that, you know? I get that there was an idea that, like, she really wanted to be human, Mm -hmm. you know? Because she couldn't, you know, really be an adult ever. So I I understand that, but I just, eh, it just wasn't my thing.
1: Yeah, that... That definitely could have been executed better like at the very beginning when they were in the present day and she was a grown like she did the illusion of a grown woman and then you know she went back to being a child I was like
2: yeah that was kind of off putting from the beginning and then uh, yeah I agree I, I, I was not a huge fan of, of that I think they could have executed that a little bit better to show that she you know wants to grow up not being like a child forever Mm -hmm. in a less kind of creepy way I guess
1: (laughs) Yeah. and then to take it out on Cersei at the end and be like I've always been jealous of you and it's like well why just her? Literally everybody else is an adult but you
2: Yeah, and they didn't really set that relationship up from the beginning it just sounded like she went to visit Cersei and then they've been just together for however long it seemed like they had a good relationship which is why it was like it didn't feel like there was any tension of sorts even when Icarus showed up Mm -hmm. there wasn't really any tension that arose really at all I feel like there should have been more between him and uh Dane as well but it was just Mm kind of like haha this is funny to see them on screen again yeah and then that was like it yeah
0: um yeah, I mean, I would, I would definitely agree with that. And but this movie had, this movie had relationships I did enjoy. I mean, I liked. Uh, so I liked Dina and Gilgamesh. I thought their, mm-hmm. thought their subplot was very touching. I mean, it definitely reminded you of like a, you know, old married couple, right? One of them maybe is sick, and one, and the other one has to be the spouse has to be like a caretaker. So I thought seeing that relationship was just, it was something different than you had seen in a Marvel film, because most of the couples they have in Marvel tend to just be like, thirty year olds. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was nice that, uh, I thought it was just nice to, nice to see that. And I mean, when he dies, it's super tragic and sad, but I just, I don't know. I, I, I enjoyed it. It was just something different than you see in a lot of Marvel movies.
1: Yeah. Uh, and, and for me, like, I know like my grandmother, my mom's mom had Alzheimer's and, and dementia when she, she got older. So it was like, they they were touching on that while making it relevant to the plot and i think they handled it nicely granted like the whole movie isn't about it so they weren't going to focus too much on it but they they did handle it nicely
0: definitely um Kingo was great even though he dipped out of the final battle. I I get. I read the director's explanation why, but it was very mm-hmm. strange that he was in that movie enough and he was awesome and then the final battle he's like, "Ah, yeah, I'm good guys. Let me know how it goes."
1: What was the explanation?
0: Um the explanation that uh Chloe Zhao gave was when she wanted all the Eternals to have different reactions to finding out, you know, their true purpose and she wanted someone that was just like going to be neutral and just like leave and not fight. Which I, I understand from a storytelling perspective, but like obviously in a, in a traditional, you would think in a traditional Marvel movie, okay, everybody's got to gear up for the final battle. I definitely thought he was going to show up at some point, <laughs> at some point at the end, and it was like, eh. His assistant was great though.
1: Oh yeah. 100%. Hilarious.
0: For,
1: for me, it, it felt kind of strange for Kingo to, For to be the one that was just like neutral about it because he spent so much time among humans and interacting with them that I feel like he would either want to um, protect them or you know originally he was going to follow Icarus but once he found out that Icarus knew all this time then he would have been like okay yeah I'll protect it I feel like Sprite probably would be the one to to be neutral about it since she doesn't really like humans at all, but you know she's in love with Icarus, so she goes to his side.
0: Being a simp, I'm sorry. I've been on TikTok too much. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, let's 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 go through each of the Eternals. Yeah, and I, the, I
0: I kind of already started. Yeah, so we can just go through them.
1: Yeah, so let's start with our our I would say our lead protagonist, Cersei. Um, Gemma Chan. Love her and pretty much everything I've seen her in. She got um, to she
0: got to come back after playing yes. a different character.
1: Yeah, and people were complaining about it. And I'm just like, okay, she was an alien that no one w- recognized when you mm-hmm. know. And so, it's, it's, just calm down. She's fine. It, it's a comic book. Movie.
0: I, I read that it was uh, it was like an apology casting from Kevin Feige because she was <laughs> disappointed they killed her off in Captain Marvel, and she maybe had like well five minutes of screen time in that
1: movie i think that's generous
0: yeah yeah maybe less maybe less yeah so yeah it was it was nice but um yeah i, I mean i i I didn't have a problem with cersei i just feel like since they kind of had to make her the main character like they made her i mean i guess the biggest thing about her was that she does love humans right that was kind of her like stick in the divide with her and icarus you know mm. um and her powers were, her powers were pretty cool and pretty much OP. Like, she can pretty much, I mean, it's essentially like reality warping for the most part, right, Chris?
1: Uh, It's more transmutations, more like she's like Firestorm from DC. Like a Firestorm? Like, okay. Yeah, change, change things at a molecular level to something else. Which, you know. I, I I had fun with her powers. Um, when she like the the bus part, when she changed the bus to the pedals, my first thought was like, wait, what happened to the driver? Is I thought dead? that too.
2: I was like, wait, did she turn him to pedals too?
1: <laughs> and then he popped out. And I was like, oh, oh okay. There Whew. you go.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, what did you think about Cersei Brooke?
2: Uh, I liked her character. Um, going into it, I had heard that she was really the like the heart of the film and i definitely felt that to an extent i think because of her connection to humans um i will say thinking about it like just talking to you guys about it uh now i feel like a lot of the overall a lot of the moments in the movie that were supposed to be very like hard hitting and emotional didn't really hit me in the way that i think was intended and i don't mm-hmm. know if that's just me or if it was just if other people felt that way as well. The thing yeah. that hit me the hardest, I think, was uh not to like go off from Cersei, but I think Gilgamesh's death like hit me the hardest. And maybe that's mm-hmm. just because and um all of the scenes with Angelina Jolie, especially with Thena's character, um, those like hit me the hardest. So mm-hmm. going back to Cersei, I I felt I saw that she was supposed to kind of be the heart of the team and the heart of the the movie and the story um, but it just didn't grasp me the way that I had expected to and maybe that's because I went in expecting to love her and Icarus's relationship and I knew that she from the previews it looked like her and Kit Harrington's character were together as well so I was going in very interested to see how they were going to uh, show that dynamic and that love triangle of sorts. Um, And maybe if they had gone more into detail with uh, her and Icarus's history, because we got to kind of see them be together, but she kept mentioning him leaving, and we didn't really get to see that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that would have maybe hit a little bit harder if we had seen, you know, some sort of breakup of sorts or her coming home to find that he's like just gone you know what i mean um and it didn't persuade me enough that she was like heartbroken over him Mm
1: -hmm. because you could have easily done like a minute sort of montage of like her like you said her coming home and he's just gone and then just going through like because she was gone for about a century so like go through like every like maybe like the first year after and then 10 years after that and like 20 years after that. And you can just do it real quickly just to show like, okay, now she's moving on. Um, yeah, and exactly. I, yeah. And so then they make her the leader of the team once Ajax is dead. And I feel like they could have shown a little bit more of why Ajax shows her. Because her and Ajax don't really interact in, in the past sequences that we see.
0: Oh, yeah, they don't. That's a good point.
1: Yeah, so it was just like there's a reason she chose her. We we understand it's because of how her love for humans, but they could have done a bit more more telling for that. And I just think that's what happens when you have essentially an eight eight character team.
2: I think it's ten, but they got ten. rid of two throughout the course of the movie. Yeah, it was ten. Yeah. yeah.
1: So yeah, and so when you have such a, a big cast, um, that that that's just bound to happen. Um, yeah, so so Cersei, and then there's Icarus. Uh, good soldiers follow orders, Icarus. Uh, Chris, what do you think about Icarus?
0: What I thought about Icarus, I mean, he was, I mean, he, he. you're right on the money. He was a soldier, and he was committed to his mission, and, you know, didn't, like, anything else, like, distract him from that. Even though... Like, I mean, th- there were still parts of it. I feel like he almost, like, wanted to lose. Like, he still—he he, he, he didn't—I'm not going to say that he hesitated, hesitated, but I don't think he still really was like, I know this is the right thing I have to do. So I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't, and I, I don't know. I mean, his—it it was interesting because, like, we, we've talked about this on the podcast. We have way too many evil Superman-type characters.
1: Yeah. <laughs> At this point in, in media, like—
0: years. Oh god, we got we got Homelander, we got Omni Man. You kind of had an evil Superman in the Snyderverse for a while. Um, Injustice, Injustice, Universe, Superman. Injustice is probably the not not the first, but probably the the best to do. What I would say. So yeah. it's like we got another evil Superman person. I did like how they actually did mention Superman, and uh, mm-hmm. think they mm-hmm. made a, I think they made an Alfred reference in this. So I guess yeah. But usually the canon is what like DC Comics is like a comic line in the in the Marvel universe, and then Marvel and then in DC Marvel Comics is usually like a you know a comic line in their universe. Yeah, so I thought that was cool. Um, But I mean overall, overall his character, I just they didn't do enough for me to really make him like. I I guess to me, Icarus was just never really like likable, and then him him being evil made him less likable to me. And I was like, okay, you can kill him. It's fine. I mean, he got he got a lot of the action scenes. And I and you were right that he I mean, and we talked about how he definitely was framed in a similar way to like the man of steel Superman mm-hmm. and the way he fought. Which I thought which I thought his action scenes were cool. But it was kinda like whenever there was like, you know, trouble, I'm like, okay, where's Icarus? What's he doing? <laughs> there was one time I think I, I think when they did one of the flashbacks and it was like thena's first like freak out. I don't know where Icarus was. I literally was sitting next to my cousin, I go, Okay, where's Icarus? Like <laughs> you know, and then i and then it was like, Oh, Gilgamesh can knock her out, okay. But um Yeah, it was um but yeah, Icarus was not my yeah, it just not I don't know. He he was okay. He he had a purpose, like I get it, but it just I just, I guess for me, I didn't feel like I connect with him at all, but I don't know. I'll personally also tend to be like a a rebel and not someone that just follows stuff all the time. So that just is like, not my vibe at all.
1: What about you, Brooke?
2: Um, I, not knowing anything about the Eternals, uh, going into it, I just was like, I love Richard Madden. So I'm going to like his character, I'm sure. And they kind of, they framed him in the, in all of the trailers as kind of being like the head of the team, even though he wasn't. So that was interesting um, to go into it and be like, oh, he's, he's really not. And that's, I guess, part of his story is that he's not the one in charge and everyone reminds him of that. Um, So I thought that kind of angle was interesting. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm almost like indifferent. I thought that the, the kind of twist was both surprising and not surprising at the same time. And maybe that has just to do with the pacing of how it went with his character. Mm -hmm. Um, I hope we see him again though. Uh, I know that he, a little too on the nose with, uh, flying straight into the sun, but, uh, I think it would make an interesting story to see him come back in future Marvel stuff.
1: Yeah, and I, I'm not convinced that that destroyed him, to be honest. We didn't see his body break up or anything like that. And yes, it, like you said, on the nose with Icarus flying into the sun. But considering they say that celestials are born uh, from the planets with the emergences, and then they're the ones that are able to create stars and everything like that, and Eternals have that infinite power source, it wouldn't surprise me that he's just chilling in the sun. Maybe dormant, and then yeah.
2: a lot of people afterwards. I remember going online, seeing about him like dying, and I didn't. I'd actually, I didn't take it as him dying. I took it more as like he, the guilt that he felt. He just had to to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I think we'll see him again because of that.
1: And who knows? Arishem could have like teleported him uh, out and like i you know i don't know how far they're really going to get into the 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 mythos of of marvel um but they could just um you know if if you're making Archim like the god of the the marvel universe uh then you know uh he could make icarus the living tribunal who's essentially like the judge uh like the cosmic judge of marvel and Mm -hmm. That that's easily something you can uh, just just do because you know Arishem said, "I will come back with my judgment," so it's going to come in some form. Maybe it's Galactus. Who knows? We'll get there. <laughs> um, but so so we so so since so we talked about Icarus and Cersei, let's talk about their uh, relationship because I remember going into the film seeing Chloe Zhao talking about how she was able to film like the first like, sex scene and oh Marvel. Oh, my gosh. And I was just like, so many a PG-13. Had not,
0: So many headlines, yeah. sorry. So many headlines no, no, were good. generated from that, and it just did not... <sighs> we all have HBL now. Like, it's, you know... If you had kids, you literally could have put your hand over their eyes for, like, two seconds, and it wouldn't have... It wouldn't have made much of a difference. Like, I... All right, sorry, Chris. You can continue. No,
1: no, you're good. Like, yeah, it's a PG-13 movie, so I know we weren't all... Like, there was nothing to expect but like to me like that wasn't a a a sex scene as you think about it because like iron man technically had a a sex scene like to this this was like a love making scene which is inherently different i think that's another thing you get different when you have a director that's a woman you know bringing the female gaze into it is just like the framing of it is going to be different um granted should it have gotten that many headlines no but there there is an inherent difference between what People were, you know, because people would bring up Iron Man. There's a inherent difference between what happened in Iron Man, and what happened in the. Eternals.
0: Oh, for sure, for sure.
1: So yeah, but besides that, what do you what do you all think about the relationship between Cersei and Icarus? I know Bricky's kind of already touched on this, um, but just like as characters, and then as like in a relationship.
2: I mean, I enjoyed what i saw that's why i kind of wanted to see more of their relationship which i get because you know there's so many characters in a movie it's hard to balance all of that um i i mean they were a relationship that i was less interested in compared to like gilgamesh and thena or um druig and makari the little scenes that we got from them were Like, I feel like they had way more chemistry together than Icarus and Cersei did. I don't think that they had zero chemistry or anything, but, uh, I just wanted to see more of their relationship and more of the kind of, like, tension between them and how her moving on from him, like, affected that whole- the whole situation. Um, Cause we really didn't see a lot of that and we didn't see that much of Dane either. I kind of get that he was supposed to be her like tether to humans. Um, but he was also, we've learned setting up for future projects. So I think that's, that's mostly why he was in there. I just wish it would have been expanded upon.
1: Yeah. Chris, um, what about you?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'd, I'd have to agree with Brooke. I mean, I think that, I, I personally would have needed to have seen more of them to be more invested. Like like we kind of talked about, like okay, Icarus left. Like we need to see like when he left or when their relationship kind of really started to like fall apart. Because I think I mean they're in the movie to sort of into sort of uh, show the two extremes, right? You got one person that love humans and one person that's like you know committed to being an Eternal committed to the mission and that's kind of where they like Rift is so yeah I mean I would agree that I think that we just needed more of them but when you got like 10 Eternals and Dane Whitman <laughs> you only have mm-hmm. so much time um yeah so yeah I mean I would definitely agree with that and, I, and as far as far as the chemistry goes you know I think the interesting thing that like like with Druga and Makari and we're gonna get to them in a minute I think that with them you know they're very like flirty and i think there's like there i think there's an appeal to like that sort of like like an early relationship or sort of that early dating phase where like you're really starting to get to know someone and that kind of thing and i feel like that's what people really relate it to or there's a situation (laughs) where it's like on again off again and i think that i think that came off i I think we don't see that i think as as much because a lot of times like. You know, in these kind of movies, you have two characters, you know, they meet each other, and then, you know, maybe they kiss at the end and then they get married. And that's just kinda that's just kind of what you get. And I think this movie we, we were able to see a few different kinds of relationships. And we'd even get to uh Fast Felson's husband. So yeah. yeah. Which was also was all, which was also pretty cool. So yeah, I mean I, I mostly agree with you guys. I thought it was fine, but like definitely not my favorite part of the movie at all.
1: So, yeah, so, so moving on to the leader of the Eternals, uh, Ajax, played by the, the phenomenal Sama Hayek that we saw for a good like seven minutes of the movie. Um, you know, she, she was clearly portrayed as the mother. And honestly, she's kind of the linchpin of, of the film. Um, but, you know, we, we see how she leads them. And then she's gone, and I, I'm just saying this that when she died, when they found her dead body, she looked like Zam Weasel after she got poisoned by Django Pet. Oh my gosh! She looked yeah. exactly like it. It was I was just like, huh. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, what what did y'all think of Ajax?
2: I was surprised that she showed up dead so early on in the movie mm-hmm. um and the whole time so i remember in the trailer the whole time i remember the scene where her character and icarus were talking about thanos and the snap yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever and how they had seven days or whatever it was and i was waiting for that. i was like okay so I kept thinking, I guess she's not really dead because we haven't had that scene happen yet. Mm-hmm. And the way that they kind of twisted it to have that be what happened prior was interesting, but I didn't mind it in the movie. I just kind of wish the trailer hadn't like focused so heavily on that because I was like, it doesn't make sense. Why is she dead? Mm-hmm. Um, but... I, I liked her character overall. We I think I wanted to... I wanted to see more of all of the characters, I think is the, the biggest issue that I have with this movie. And obviously that's hard to do with so many of them. Um, But overall, I, I would have liked to see her... I don't know. I feel like she was the leader... And we saw her as the leader, but I wish that we had gotten more of that Mm -hmm. or more of her relationship with a lot of the other characters. Because we didn't see her really with any of them for a long period of time.
1: Yeah. Chris, what about you?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I I had similar opinion. I had a similar thing with Broker. I was like, okay, I know they're going to talk about Thanos at some point. Like, is that scene not in the movie? And then it's like, oh, okay, it was a flashback. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Ajax's character, I mean, I feel like she did serve her purpose where she was kind of, you know, the leader and the mom and like, you know, once the mom is gone, all the kids are trying to figure out, okay, what are we going to do? So I, I kind of get that that's what they were going for. Uh, but I agree that we just kind of, in general, we needed more. We probably needed more of her. And I mean, I hate to say it, you almost could have done a full movie with the Eternals in like 500 BCE or whenever <laughs> whenever mm-hmm. they started, you know, unfortunately. And that's just, but a movie like this is unfortunately just um, kind of what she got to deal with.
1: Hmm. and i th- i think that that when we're, we're talking about the thanos scene um it made me think how they were characterizing the emergence that if you wanted more of a population because that's what's going to bring about the emergence faster then why wouldn't the Eternals stop thanos because it's one thing if you want to stop human conflict because you know that's going to bring more technology and more advancements and that's going to bring the population to to boom but Thanos isn't a human conflict he's coming in to wipe out everything and be pretty anti-celestial to at least their plan so i feel like that should have uh been something where you're like okay maybe we need to step in um But I think one line that could have explained it, which I thought was where they were going within the trailer, was that the snap, the energy from the snap to bring everybody back will push on the emergence faster. Because, you know, you've already had like these three and a half billion people already born giving their life. Now you're bringing them back and it's giving more energy. But then focus on that.
2: Yeah, I will say um i had watched a couple of breakdown videos on youtube and there was one in particular that actually addressed that and kind of talking about like it from a science perspective um you cut the population in half even with that uh the population growth happened so rapidly that it would i think the video said it would only take like 70 or 80 years for the population to get back to where it was mm um and in the grand scheme of things when you have thousands of years for waiting for this emergence Mm. uh, it might be not big enough of an issue for them to worry about so i kind of liked seeing that kind of real world comparison uh thinking about it in that perspective so after hearing that it didn't bother me as much was like oh okay that makes sense also thanos must be really dumb (laughs) yeah for doing this whole thing so, but I yeah, totally no, see what you're saying.
1: No, that that, that makes sense. I'm, I'm glad you said that, because I think, like Chris knows, I, I've talked about it when we're talking about the analysis plan. I'm just like, with all the technology that we have, and now you've wiped out half the population, so all these resources are more readily available. So, yeah, it's going to take a couple of decades for humans to, you know, come to grips with what happened and move on. But with all the technology that we have and we're able to live longer, that population boom is going to happen so quickly because the population boom in the past 60 years has happened so rapidly um
0: i know that uh i was gonna say that uh i can't wait for the right for i know the marvel writers are just excited to get as far away from having to write around the snap as as <laughs> much as possible because any because if you're a marvel writer coming on to any project you're like okay how are we gonna write around how are we gonna write around <laughs> the snap is like every show is gonna have to do that like hawkeye has to address it uh shang chi didn't really shang chi was it didn't really matter for them as much but like movies like eternals they gotta find a way and like i forget who they were interviewing but they kept asking questions about like the snap and thanos and the person they're interviewing was like yeah uh you know these movies are for fun and at some point you guys need, he didn't say get over it, but he was just kind of like, yeah, we're, we're going to, we're, we're moving on. I'm sorry. Like, we clearly didn't write all of these things, you know, we didn't, they didn't write all these things until after they had done Infinity War and Endgame. So it's kind of like, they're going to retcon as much as they can, and we just have to deal with it, I think, unfortunately.
2: I, I remember seeing a TikTok that kind of was joking around about that. Um, Musso, if you mm. follow him, mm-hmm. uh, it was like, obviously it's something that you're going to kind of have to address with any new hero that you bring in. Uh, and he was kind of joking, uh, like the superhero it's like, well, I can't fly. You know how expensive plane tickets to Wakanda are like, (laughs) what was I supposed to do from Idaho? And I thought that was kind of funny, but yeah, I think there's some sort of suspension of disbelief that needs to happen.
1: Yeah. Um, so so moving on from from Ajax I think Druig and Macari have to go together yes because of their relationship but also because we don't get a lot of them mm-hmm. um so what what do you think about Druig everybody's favorite cult leader and Macari the one speedster that in the MCU that knows how to dodge bullets
0: well yeah, I mean I uh I mean I, I enjoyed the display. I mean, so Makari obviously, you know, the character and the actress are deaf, which is a big deal, not just for Marvel, but just for films in general, that you could have a deaf character where their character doesn't rely on deafness. And in some sense it actually makes sense with how fast as she moves that it could like destroy your eardrums, I guess. So that actually um that I, it, it was really cool. The way she was able to beat up Icarus for a while, which I thought was um really neat. Her, I guess her gag was just being a klepto and just stealing stuff, which she could get away with it. So it made <laughs> sense. And I mean, her powers made her fast. I mean, this is probably, Chris, this is one of the fastest characters we've seen as far as like what it looks like. Cause you had like the X Men Quicksilver that showed, slowed everything down. And then. I mean, you had a uh, the Snyder Cut Flash kind of went back in time. That was his. That was his big thing.
1: CW well, Flash so doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, technically the Whedon version also did go back in time too. Well, at least was able to reverse time ever so briefly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. I, I I was talking about this yesterday um, with with my brother and, and my friend Alan about the speed because with Quicksilver being with the Fox Quicksilver being able to. Speed bring things so much to a halt and makari speed was more in like creating sonic booms to you know hit icarus with and the deviants but also able to traverse great distances so fast i don't think we've had a speedster outside of animation be shown to travel across the planet so quickly um, and so those could be comparable levels of speed between like box quicksilver and makari but because you know
0: perspective yeah
1: right but also you know like I, I'm, a, I'm a lawyer not not a, not a engineer or a scientist so i i don't want to do the math <clears throat> <laughs> um but yeah no i thought makari was cool and then we've seen the impact of just having her representation in there because the amount of interest in learning sign language has boomed and they've done articles on it just since the Eternals has come out because of Makari. and I know I've seen a lot of dude bros be like well it it doesn't make sense why would they have a deaf robot Blah, blah 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 and it's just like the the whole purpose of the Eternals is to be amongst the life that they are in they're going to come in different shapes and sizes and because otherwise they could if, if you want to, you know, focus on the, the the deafness, why wouldn't they just make ten Icaruses and just send them all there, <laughs> like, and just call it a call it a day? That would be a very mundane and and boring story, and you don't want that. Um, but whatever, representation matters. Um, yeah, and so for, that's for Makari Druig. Druig is a cult. Druig became a cult leader.
0: We don't I, talk about that.
1: <laughs> uh, I do want to take note, though, that something that they rarely show in movies um, was the, the destruction of the Tenochtitlan and and um, how, I mean, that was the breaking point for Druig uh, was just like, I could stop all of this right now. But yet we're just going to watch this the suffering happen. This isn't their technology has advanced too far. This is genocide. This isn't this is beyond just your normal conflict. And I thought that was very interesting. And I know I've seen um, like on TikTok and on Twitter members of the Latina and Indigenous communities talk about that kind of visualization of able to see their history um and how that can be incredibly triggering and everything like that. And I, and, you know, I like guess as, as a black person, I get it because of, you know, one thing that I'm very surprised they didn't show in this movie was slavery. Oh, slavery.
0: Yeah, you know, they were just chilling, you know. It, it's all good. It's fine.
1: Yeah, the Eternals let, you know, the genocide of the American indigenous population, well, indigenous populations they, all. They they let the world, a lot the slavery. Eternals let a
0: lot of stuff happen.
1: Yeah. Too much. And it, and it, it, it it's the and these are things when you have movies where you have characters that have lived throughout all of time and or lived amongst humans for centuries and they don't interfere because they're not supposed to they're supposed to let humans carry things out. But those naturally or the audience has natural questions to that, like, why would they let this happen? And I know with with us. You know, with seeing Fastos, it was like, I understand for his character with his powers why Hiroshima was such a was his breaking point. But also there there is not a good corner of the world for a few centuries for Fastos to have lived, to have not dealt with the transatlantic slave trade. Yeah. And we know we know Druid pretty much just stayed in South America from you know after he was in the Amazon after you know he he left in 1512 but it's just like these are questions that are begged for by the audience naturally and they're not discussed which I mean granted two hours and 37 minute movie did we want a three-hour movie but also I didn't need to see the MCU's take on slavery didn't <laughs> don't um, but yeah so what do you what do you all think of Druid
2: uh they they definitely kind of skimmed over the whole cult leader thing which uh i mean i don't know how else they would have addressed it but i thought it was kind of funny the way it was framed and then they were just like okay we're gonna go visit druig and make sure that he is ready to help us without really acknowledging that they have you know people that are under his control. But I thought his character was interesting. We didn't really see a lot of him. Um, I went in expecting to like come out and being like a to be a druid fangirl because that's what (laughs) I had heard from a lot of people. Like, listen, he is like an emo white boy, and I am a sucker for those. But uh, I think if we had seen more of him, I would have maybe enjoyed his character more. Um, I thought his uh, rivalry of sorts with Icarus was interesting. I thought that was kind of that built the most tension if I'm looking at the whole movie for um, sticking to the plan for the emergence versus not um, more so than like that hit me harder than Cersei being so attached to the humans. Um, and I think f- even Fastos hit me hard too. Those two um, characters and their like, un- like unwillingness to continue on the way that it was, mm-hmm. I think, brought the most tension within the group. So I enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, I liked his relationship with Makari. Uh, I liked that it was kind of, it. There, there was nothing established there. It was just like, you know, you spend 5,000 years with someone, you probably are going to develop some sort of relationship with, you know, someone in that group, whether it was romantic or just flirty or not. I thought it was kind of a nice um, little touch there, establishing different relationship dynamics within the group. I also thought it was kind of cool because uh, someone I saw in, Twitter had mentioned like maybe he can read Makari's thoughts if he mm. can control her mind which is maybe why she would be more a- a- uh, attached to mm. him because they can so communicate in a more I guess a deeper on a deeper level um, but yeah I liked him overall. I think too.
0: He was. I feel like he was kind of used as a red herring to be like, okay, he's going to be the evil eternal, and then like he wasn't. So I thought, yeah, I thought it was a good way to play with expectations because you would you would go into it thinking that he was going to be evil and Icarus was a good guy. So I thought it was good that they that he was in there to kind of do that for the audience a little bit.
1: Yeah, the one thing that so I knew the post-credit scenes going in into the movie, and I knew. Uh, I saw just like for two seconds on on TikTok as I was scrolling through my FYP, um, Icarus fighting Makari and I was like, oh, well, Icarus mm. is evil. Moving on. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> uh, it, but yeah, so um, and then in the, in the post credit scene, like I knew that uh, Druig was on there with Athena um, uh, and I was like, well, I guess they live. <laughs> there goes that tension. Um but yeah, so well speaking of Thena, let's go to Athena and Gilgamesh. Uh, we talked about Thena a little bit already, um, and and how her character developed. Uh, haven't really talked about Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh was underrated, in my opinion.
0: I thought it was underrated as well. I mean, he's definitely the strongest one.
1: Yeah, and uh, I thought his relationship with Athena was beautiful, and and their moments of just like. You know that they're touching hands which you know this is a less creepy version of what you know joss whedon did with hulk and scarlet or in black widow
2: yeah that very true uh i'd also agree that gilgamesh was very underrated i remember walking out of the theater and my boyfriend and i were like why did he have to go like he was mm-hmm. such an interesting character and i think his and Thina's relationship their connection was my favorite if i had to choose Mm-hmm. Um, just because of how like deep it went. And I thought it was cool that it didn't have to be anything romantic because I don't think that would have made a difference mm-hmm. uh, within their dynamic, at, at least, because they just had he had such a strong connection and, uh, I guess, responsibility or f- f- the feeling of responsibility over her. Um, I thought they handled Athena's, uh PTSD, I don't remember what they called it in the movie. Uh
1: Mind Weary. Mind Weary, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I thought they handled that uh fairly well, uh, and kind of in a delicate way that displayed the the real life effects of like trauma can have on someone. Um and I liked that it kind of pushed forward the rest of the character's trying to, like, kind of uncover what the truth of what happened was. Mm -hmm. Um, I also really liked, I was kind of nervous for, you know, someone as big as Angelina Jolie to be in a Marvel movie. I mean, we've seen big actors in plenty of Marvel movies, but I don't know, I feel like sometimes, like, people like Angelina Jolie sometimes are just, like, on a different level, but I don't think she overshadowed anyone, Mm -hmm. and I thought she... She played the vulnerability of Athena really well, on top of like the balance of how like strong of a character she was at the same time.
1: Yeah, I think that's like that's what happens when you have someone that she's been acting for thirty thirty years. So she knows, you know, she's played a wide variety of roles. So she was able to bring that intensity in those action scenes, but also the, that vulnerability which she talked about in in the times where you know she's like i i don't want to forget i want to remember
2: yeah i'm glad they kept her too they didn't kill her off i was worried she was kind of going to be like a one-off character Mm -hmm. um so i'm interested to see where her where she goes in the future
1: yeah um
0: definitely i mean i i mean i kind of already said my opinion about their relationship i enjoyed it Quite a bit, um, you know, like every character in this movie, you know, you always wish you got more of them. But I, I, I was okay with Gilgamesh dying only because that um, that kind of like pushed Athena's character kind of where it needed to go a little bit. Mm-hmm. She gets to fight that, that head deviant at the end, which is pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Although speaking of the head deviant, I do wish that it had not died. I mean, it still could be alive. But I do wish that it had. I, I kind of wish it did absorb a couple more because I was interested in seeing how it evolved. And even like for it to confront the Celestial, if it were able to confront Arashim, like I feel like that would have been very interesting to see happen. Um, or even if instead of just trying to kill them, it was just like, we all need to take Arashim down. Because he were both his creations and look what he's done to us and look what he's continuing to do to you. But yeah, so and now it comes down to the the two, I feel like the favorite eternals of that I've seen on the internet with Kingo and and Fastos.
0: You mean you mean not 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 Sprite? <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: Uh Who's who Sprite? Um, no, but I, I feel like Kumel Nanjani stole every scene he was in. Him man. and him and his his uh valet.
0: His assistant,
1: yeah. Phenomenal.
0: How friends. many cameras did that man have? At least three.
1: <laughs> that was great. He's like, always have a backup. I thought you broke that one. Always have a backup.
2: Yeah, I thought that was like a perfect way of producing some comedic relief that the movie really needed um but it did i don't think that the it took away from kingo's character at all like they didn't make him like the just like the dumb kind of trope character that was just there for comic relief which i enjoyed that they didn't go that route um and i i s- saw i read somewhere that it was interesting that they decided not to bring dane with them mm-hmm. uh, they used a different character as kind of their tie to humans um as a team but uh I thought he was great I loved that he was just like yeah I'm I am just faithful to to kingo and I'm just gonna go wherever and yeah
1: yeah and I, I did love his powers as well um and then when he was charging his up uh, his one attack and I was just like He's doing the special beam cannon. It
0: was, it was like a special beam <laughs> cannon. Yeah, it definitely was.
1: Um, and I also loved how he was just like, "Oh yeah, no, I've been an actor in Bolly- Bollywood the past 100 years. this is my great great grandfather. Yeah. This is my great grandfather." And uh, you know, he, he said to valet, he's like, "Yeah, he actually thought I was a vampire and tried to wooden stake me through the heart. I'm so sorry. I keep apologizing. <laughs>
0: he's like, good. I'll let you
1: know when it's enough." I love
2: that foreshadowing. It was yeah, good
0: foreshadowing. Yeah. On the vampire
2: joke yeah, because we've gotten multiple references of vampires now mm-hmm. in MCU,
1: yeah. Um, and so let, let's go to Fastos real quick before we jump to those post credit scenes. Um, but Fastos, yeah, um, to me, I felt like Fastos powers were the coolest. Uh, just the technology, just being able to create create things like that. I always I uh, love things like that with like my hero academia is why momo is one of my favorite characters because her powers are so cool and it's something you gotta have a limit like to them
0: though because it's just it's way too op if you don't write in a reason that they can't just do anything and everything all the time
1: yeah but you know could be worse yeah could 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 be star killer anyway uh Um, But yeah, no, so I I think Fastballs was a a good character. And one thing that that touched me reading in reading something before was Brian Brian, Tyler Henry Mm -hmm. (laughs) was saying um, that, uh, you know, when he got cast, he was like, oh, they're going to have to like want me to get, um, you know, work out and they want me to get like extremely fit. And I was like, no, I want you just the way you are. And how he was saying, like, as, as a black man in Hollywood, just being or just a black man in America being told that, like, I just want you how you are was extremely touching. And I was like, I felt that. So being just being able to see him be himself, especially, you know, with the different roles he's had in the past, like, five years, I, I was just really happy about that.
0: Yeah, I mean, Fastos was. Yeah, I mean, he. Yeah, he was a cool character. I did. I mean, it made. It, you know, I'm glad that they Hiroshima was the thing that broke him. There are things that could have, other things that probably could have, but you know, it was nice as something. Um, did his power set was cool. I enjoyed that. Uh, I mean, he had a family. He had a husband and a kid, and I liked too. That his husband, when he when he was trying to debate if he was going to go or not, and his husband was the one who told him to go. Like, no, nah, you should probably go and figure this out. Because I feel like how many? Okay, Chris, how many CW shows have we watched <laughs> where someone finds out they're dating a superhero or a uh, invincible, and they they immediately like freak out and this, why did you lie to me? I can't yeah. trust yeah. you anymore. Yeah. Well, it how seems many, like he
1: already yeah, knew he already maybe. Knew. Yeah. 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 And I, I feel like even sometimes when they do know, and I, Brooke, you you probably would be better to speak on this than I would, but I feel like that's just a negative superhero trope for women. Yeah, it is that they try to make them seem like unreasonable when it comes to like being a, a superhero's partner, and it's just like, okay, all right, like I, I I get it. You you go out and fight bad guys, and you, you that people need your help. I get that. Um they just do it to to stir up some, some controversy when there doesn't need to be.
2: Yes. Uh, I would say um, usually in situations like that, the uh, significant other, oftentimes it is a woman, uh, is just kind of there to provide either conflict for the male character or some sort of motivation. If she doesn't get fridged, she's still... Some sort of like, oh, I'm doing this for my wife and my family, mm-hmm. and there she's not really like a well-rounded kind of character. So I liked the nice spin on uh, his husband, just kind of being like, no, do your thing, um, and we'll be here. Like when you get back, like I understand that you have a a greater purpose overall. Um, so I thought that was kind of an interesting spin that they did on uh, that kind of. A trope i guess they they didn't really address it with dane and cersei he was just like oh okay and she was like gotta go bye <laughs> um, so uh i liked Fastus's character a lot um i thought that uh i do like his power set and i also appreciated that they made him like the tech guy, but not like the tech guy that was behind the computer the whole time. Like he was mm-hmm. on the beach fighting with everyone else. He wasn't like yeah. back in the ship, you know, because there's you always have a character like that in some sort of like heist team or even like superhero related team or crime show team. So I, I thought that C-W was w- kind of cool. Right. Mm-hmm. It was I didn't, I didn't like catch all sorry. No, you're good. Um I like that they they put him in the action too. It was like you can be smart. And you can be strong. And I loved that they told him, you know, you do not have to have, like, the superhero body. I think we need a lot more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was handled much better than, like, Fat Thor in Endgame. Because it was never a point of humor. Mm-hmm. Um, I have mixed feelings about about Fat Thor. Because there were parts that I liked from it and things that I didn't I agree. but overall it kind of had like a negative connotation in the movie whereas I think this was just a lot of the uh diversity and the representation it was just like there which was mm-hmm. cool which is what makes me mad about people who are like they're shoving it down our throats um but I thought that th- we just need more of that kind of thing on screen for sure
1: yeah and, and I think the thing that you have and, and it's one of the things that I've talked about with other Marvel projects and with Star Wars, like Disney, like likes to, to say, you know, like, oh, look at us with our like our diversity and they they focus on there, but they don't follow up with the inclusion and equity. And when you have a cast that is so diverse and you're leading protagonist as a person of color. Um, and then you're going to have to get that inclusion and equity or else then you're really just like, here's a token, here's a token, here's a token, here's a token. Um, So I think that this movie was important for that, but it's also sort of that double-edged sword where Marvel can just be like, oh, well, we tried that diversity, inclusion, and equity thing, and look how it was received, so I guess we're not going to do that anymore. Here's another white guy. Um, But yeah um and, and and last but not least eternal's wise any any lingering thoughts on sprite i don't wanna hate on sprite too much i feel like i already have
0: yeah same i feel like i kind of already went there i mean yeah i i i understand what they're trying to do with the sprite character i just think having an actress that's underage having a crush on an adult male in a movie it's just it's a weird trope and maybe too cuz like i've seen i I watch a lot of anime i've seen so many anime where they have a character that's like I'm 1000 years old but in the body of a child and they use that as an excuse to like just like sexualize them and make it weird and it's just like stop stop we got to be done with this trope we have to it's just it's yeah. weird it's creepy i just i don't like it so that's my opinion i'm done
2: yeah i had similar feelings um i also didn't like that weird peter pan comparison because i thought that kingo was going to compare sprite as being peter pan because he's mm-hmm. like never grows up but then he was like no icarus is peter pan i was like where are you going with this it was <laughs> I, I thought it was kind of a weird uh way to in like segue into that storyline that she was she's been in love with icarus it was very like having a crush on your teacher vibes but like the teacher that you have a too close of a relationship with where it gets kind of like on that borderline of like kind of weird you know what i mean mm-hmm. um so, yeah, but other than that, I I I was interested going into it how they were going to handle her character because obviously people age in real life. So, I was like, okay, well obviously she is not going to stay actually this this age forever. What are they going to do with her character? So, at least they kind of didn't leave that plot hole in there at the end they were like all right she's going to be a human now so i'm interested to see if that she's if she's going to show up in future eternals projects or not mm-hmm. now that she is a mere mortal
1: yes um and, and speaking of the future of the eternals and everything like that uh the ending of the movie and the post credit scenes chris you want to
0: yeah so we got two really good post credit scenes the first one was um so the, the ending of the movie is like Arshim pretty much like takes uh, the the he takes the all the Eternals that stayed on Earth right so he's got like mm-hmm. Cersei and Fastos and uh, Kingo I don't know if Sprite's there but yeah
1: yeah I don't think she's a, an Eternal anymore and, so yeah, yeah.
0: but he took them and then that was it and then you get the post credits and the ones that are on the ship is Druid, of Makari and Thena and then we first see uh, is it is it Pip the Troll. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think it's, he, I think he's played by uh Patton Oswald, Which, if mm-hmm. you guys don't know, Patton Oswalt, Patton Oswald is in a lot of stuff, a lot of nerd yeah. stuff. You've either probably heard his voice. I think he was an agent of Shield for a while. Uh, is he is he Modok in a Modok show? I think
1: maybe. I think so. Yeah, I think he yeah.
0: might be Modok in the Modok show. He's that guy's been around a lot of nerd stuff like forever. So he yeah, so he shows up, and then we get um. Thanos' brother, whose name I uh forget.
1: Eros. Eros or Star
0: Fox. Yeah, Eros or Star Fox is Thanos' brother. Played by Harry. Harry Styles. Styles. So that was that was actually leaked, and I think people were pissed about that. I don't know how I don't yeah. someone someone who got an early screening leaked that and it hit the press, and apparently the, apparently some folks are really upset about that. So
1: I, I don't care that it's Harry Styles the thing that got me was when it leaked I thought it was a joke I thought this was someone saying like this would be funny or like ha ha you know because I didn't think they would bring in Thanos' brother post Infinity War endgame like post Thanos being mm-hmm. dead and so then they're like ha ima- like imagine Harry Styles playing Eros and then I saw the actual scene and I was like no no <laughs> Okay, um, so yeah, so so, so there was that—that that was a thing.
0: That's just—I mean, that I feel like that's setting up Eternals too, most likely. Mm-hmm. Um, they're gonna have to—I mean, they didn't really—they're gonna have to find a way to actually. I, I guess they're gonna try to fight R.S.M. in some form. It looks like. Um, mm-hmm. We'll have to see what happens there. But the second post-credit scene was a little like I didn't—I didn't realize all what it was until afterwards. So, mm-hmm. you have So like they, they kind of tease Dane Whitman having like a secret at the end. And we don't know. And then he's pulling out. A, what's the name of the weapon? The blade? Ebony Blade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then he's like pulling out the Ebony Blade, which is, I guess, showing that Dane Whitman, he's supposed to be the Black Knight, which is a Marvel mm-hmm. superhero. And then you hear a voice telling him, to, you know, not do it. And I thought it was Maharshala Ali. I'm like, is that Blade? Mm-hmm. And it turns out, like, yeah, no, that was Blade's voice you hear at the end. So, I mean, we Blade was announced a while ago. Was it a couple years? It was announced mm-hmm. before yeah. COVID, though, wasn't it? It um, was
2: announced with all the Disney Plus shows. The Disney Plus yeah, shows. Yeah, and right? I think it was
1: also announced when Eternals was announced, right? I think that was at the
2: same Comic-Con. Possibly. Yeah, All yeah. I think all of that stuff was announced at the same time, yeah so yeah
0: yep further confirmation that that's coming and i mean we that you know that movie is coming down the line and they, they, they made a reference to vampires and loki didn't they mm-hmm. correct me mm-hmm. if i'm wrong so i mean yeah that that's on the plate which is cool i'm glad you know cottonmouth died too soon right chris
2: <laughs> hmm. <laughs> i heard it was a scheduling thing because i started watching luke cage not too long ago and I think it was some sort of scheduling thing, so they're like, "Oh, what do we do?" But it's very disappointing.
1: <laughs> um, I I think that's the easiest check Mahershala Ali ever had to make, and like they were probably filming during COVID, and they're like, "Hey, we don't need you to come on set. We're just going to get you in a studio, do some ADR." Perfect. Here's honestly 000.
2: that uh, coming out of the movie, I was the most excited about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first I had the Harry Styles thing spoiled for me because of that tweet. Uh, so I was just kind of like, whatever. Uh, it was, in, it was fun to see, uh, my boyfriend react to it though. Cause like I knew it was coming. And so I was just kind of like watching him the whole time, um, to see how he was going to react. I mean, he doesn't really care that much about Harry Styles, but just seeing someone so larger than life, like Harry Styles be in something like the MCU, it just feels like it wouldn't fit, but it's like, all right, we'll see how, we'll see where it goes. Um, but I was super excited to see the second uh, uh, post-credit scene with Dane because I'm glad that we got to see more of his character right at the end and I was like oh this is interesting and without even really knowing anything about the Black Knight I he had like opened up the thing and I was like this is very like vampire to me and as he was like getting ready once I heard Marshall Ali's voice I was like that I literally almost yelled it in the theater and I was like <laughs> I didn't but I knew without a doubt, because he's he's got such a distinct voice, and I, although I had seen it on Thursday, I stayed, I tried to stay away from all other spoilers, so I didn't mm-hmm. know that it had already been confirmed, that it was him, by mm-hmm. Chloe Zhao. Um, so I was super pumped to, to hear that, because we've heard nothing of Blade since it was announced um and I'm I'm all about like supernatural stuff so I think uh it's also it reminds me of like very like Daredevil vibes for Mm -hmm. me so I think that with uh Moon Knight I'm sure we'll talk about some of the Disney Plus stuff like all of that stuff coming into the MCU has me super excited because I think it's going to be a nice fresh take fresh kind of vibe that the MCU has and hopefully bringing in hopefully bringing Daredevil back in as well. Mm-hmm. So
1: yeah, I I don't think we'll talk about No Way Home on this podcast for
2: <laughs> I think so close I, to I that
1: movie Bro- being out. Brooke Bro- Bro- Bro and I are in the same boat where we're just like we're we're, we're No Way homed out until the actual movie comes out. Yeah, because TikTok has uh, is so is of
0: gone crazy. Spider-Man oh, No Way Home, sorry. Twitter
1: too. Yeah. Twitter, yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: And I'm I'm not the biggest fan of uh MCU Spider-Man in general. So Me I'm either. just kind of like uh like okay. I'm it, it's it's going to be what it is and I'm sure I'm going to love the movie, but I'm tired of hearing about it.
1: Yeah. Um so so for for me with dane whitman so so it made me happy because like i like the ebony blade and like the history behind it and everything like that but it also made me sad and the reason why it made me sad especially pairing it with blade is one of my favorite comic book arcs is uh, a black panther team up with luke cage We're not talking blade about black panther, and me. dr voodoo and so i was just like ah. Oh.
0: Just, you gotta put it to bed that, that's another thing we're not talking about i don't i don't want we're not talking about the black panther franchise right now in the state shout of out, sin
1: shout out to latisha Wright. anyway <laughs> uh, oh my gosh um so yeah so so going in, into the future of the mcu i thought the internals was an interesting movie considering so much of the first part of phase four that we've seen has been setting up the multiverse and the reason why I say that is because originally, um, James Gunn, before he got fired and then rehired, was gonna like take on essentially like a cosmic Avengers team. And so the Eternals fits into that, right? Because you're exploring that and you obviously have Guardians, you have Captain Marvel, um, but then they fired him and then they scrapped it. And so now you're gonna bring back both the cosmic and the mystical side. And it's like, okay, how are you going to juggle this? Because the Eternals are a different ball game than Captain Marvel and Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. And um, it just makes me think like, okay, what one is going to be the sole focus of uh, phase four? Um, and then when you get into, like, are we going to build to another like three phases to some dominant threat? And I, like, the, I don't think
0: they're going to be through with all these storylines in Phase Four. I don't think. Yeah. I think I. I feel like stuff they're setting up in Eternals is more long game as opposed to a lot of the multiverse stuff. Like we know, like I mean, we've already started with What If, and then you know you have Spider Man, and then Doctor Strange, and I mean I, allegedly Doctor Strange is supposed to be the beginning, so we don't know what happens after that as well. You know, we get in a Captain Carter movie. You know, so. Yeah, it'll this phase, I do feel like is just like they're kind of I feel like they're trying to do enough to sort of get us away from Infinity Saga stuff and trying to put new mm-hmm. pieces on the board. You know, everything we've pretty much every new phase four project has given us something different you know a different force that's around like you know well wanda you got like agatha harkness so it's like okay so there's witches and then you know loki gave you the multiverse stuff and then shang chi was you know you learn more about the ten rings and tao lo and that kind of stuff so i feel like with every project they're sort of expanding i mean even black widow you're like okay there's a bunch of widows out there And her family. So I feel like they're definitely just trying to put enough new stuff on the board because Mm -hmm. they want to get away from, I think, you know, the original Avengers, which half of them are gone. And most of them are probably, I mean, I feel like Hawkeye and Bruce are probably on their way out as well. Yeah, passing on the torch. You know, and Thor maybe too, when his movie comes out, even though it won't be, it got pushed back, I think. So probably be out for a while. Yeah.
1: So one one last question regarding the Eternals before we move on. Um, But do y'all think it would have worked better as a limited series or a TV show versus like a movie? So like how they've done Loki um, or Falcon and the Winter Soldier or WandaVision. Maybe not WandaVision because WandaVision is more sitcom-y. But uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier or Loki, the more dramatic aspects of it.
0: Uh, I, I I'll i just go first really quick. I will say that theoretically, yeah, you would have had more time, but people would not have seen it if it was just a streaming thing, as opposed to making it a big budget movie, because you mm-hmm. had a bunch of new characters that like you needed people to see. And I think also you kind of have a, a trend that people have been talking about as well, where the diverse, the more diverse, the, pro- the the more diverse projects are the ones that end up going on Disney plus compared mm-hmm. to the movies. So I also do think that even for the diversity aspect, the fact that it was a big budget film, I think also matter quite a bit. So it's kind of, mm-hmm. it's kind of tough, right? Cause you can't make a six hour movie. I mean, you know, otherwise you get the Snyder cut of oh, the joke, I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I feel like most things would be better as a, a long form series just to lay the groundwork of all the characters and the I think the plot would be stronger cuz you would have more time to develop all of these things um but I I think that it works as a movie uh overall from from what we got from it um I think what they're it is it's interesting the way that phase 4 has been headed. Uh, It feels like it's kind of all over the place, and I'm like, how are all of these things going to connect? Because Eternals seems so big. It gives me kind of like Game of Thrones vibes, where it's like you have Kang is like the who's going to fight over the throne, without even really thinking, because the multiverse is huge. Mm -hmm. But you have like these giant celestials that are just like, will get rid of any planet anytime they want. Feels a lot like The Night King, to me. I guess you could also swap them if you're thinking about the grand scheme of the multiverse. Um, I'm just interested to see how it goes. But I think the Disney Plus shows that we got uh, served their purpose really well. The way that those stories went. I, I don't know if Eternals would really fit into that kind of vibe that they're going for with the the movies versus the the shows if that makes sense
1: so yeah Uh, i i have no i just had the thought of like what if they had done the eternals as like for each eternal they did one hour episode basically Mm. showing like them going throughout history in um each like and show their each of their perspectives so like you have like Ajax Ajax would probably have to be last, so then you get that twist of, like, this is who the Eternals actually are. But, you know, just showing, like, you know, going through it and seeing, you know, Bastos, like, helping humans with technology and then that leading yeah. up to Hiroshima. Drewig, you know, always wanting to stop this human conflict and then being broken by Tenochtitlan and just things of that nature.
0: Well, I will say that I do think it would make sense if you did, like you did like one you did like one or episodes of them you did like you know almost like like one shot type comics right around mm-hmm. some of the indiv- the individual characters that's something i would like to see now that we mm-hmm. have a movie now that you have a movie and you've kind of met them cuz you could do that with pretty much any character any time even the ones that died right so you know because I mean, even comics will have like you know a side story there's always a christmas special usually don't marvel and dc mm-hmm. usually do christmas specials every year with yeah. like you know batman's gotta save christmas
1: <laughs>
0: uh so yeah i mean that'll be something interesting to see did we want to get to the announcements yes always the left time uh,
1: we got a lot of them yeah so yeah we, we can just talk about like our favorite ones really briefly there are most most of them were just hey here's a here's a new logo for it
0: but there were there, there were some good ones there were some sneaky ones though that i was not expecting mm-hmm. So, all right, do we want to start with things I'm less excited for or things we're more excited for? I I know my number one is.
1: Let's just go through all of them and then we can talk about the ones that we want to talk about.
0: Okay, all right, well, I'm going to do most first. All right, the biggest biggest surprise and my favorite was the fact that they're going to reboot, Marvel Studios is going to reboot the 97 X-Men cartoon with new episodes. I had no idea. I mean, this is something that I did not ever think they would do something like this. I don't even know if people... People like that X-Men show, but I don't know if there were were any, like, I don't think petitions for a reboot or, like... I mean, this isn't, like, yeah. So it was, like... And they tweeted it with the Wolverine meme, you know, where he's looking at the Mm. photo and he's, like, (laughs) sad. And I was just, like, is this our first X-Men thing from them? So... Yeah, I mean, I'm excited. Like, are they just going to... Do I, I haven't watched that show all the way through. I'm like, are they just going to continue the storylines? Are we going to get, like, 90s version of more modern X-Men characters? Like, are we going to get, like, their take on Deadpool and certain characters like that that, like, didn't exist at that time? And there's, you know, obviously been different storylines and whatnot, too. So, yeah, that, that was a very exciting surprise. And I feel like a lot of entertainment can come out of that and that that show could have 10 seasons regardless of what the movies are doing if it's good
1: yeah um i was excited about it i I grew up watching that show obviously it's like one of the 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 best superhero animated shows and top two uh animated superhero show theme songs um but yeah no so uh i'm excited for it um We'll we'll see we'll see how it goes. Obviously, DC reigns supreme when it comes to animation, so we'll see if, if Marvel can step up to the plate. Finally,
0: that injustice movie was kind of trash, though. I don't, I don't know. Let's not talk about that. I'm not watching that. I, <laughs> I refuse to watch it.
1: I refuse <laughs> to watch.
0: <it. laughs> all right, sorry, off topic. Uh, all right, Chris, what do we got next?
1: Uh, so I think things that we got some some footage of. Um, we got Hawkeye coming. We, we've known about that for a while. We got a nice little, like, one-shot sequence uh, with with uh, Clint and Kate, which is cool. Um, but Moon Knight. Moon, Moon Knight. Uh, I'm, I'm an Oscar Isaac fan now. Uh, thanks, Nicole. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And so I, I think that uh, the little shots that we got from it are like confirming all the, like the different things that I was like, oh, are they going to touch on this? Like Moon Knight has the idea. Are they going to touch on that? Yep. Moon Knight's brutal. Are they going to touch on that? Yep. Oscar Isaac is going to be wacky. Are they going to touch on that? Yep. So I'm like, how about it?
2: Yeah, I think that's one of the things I'm the most excited for without really even knowing anything about Moon Knight. I just like the, I love, I just discovered the Marvel Netflix shows this year. Mm. Uh, and I have quickly, like, I'm not usually, when I have to pick like a hero, I'm like, I have no idea, but I will give you a list of villains that I love. So until I watched Daredevil, because I love just the, the grittiness and kind of the dark undertones of it i love like more street level heroes in general so it seems like that's the direction they're going with moon knight as well
1: yeah um let's see what else we got we have um she hulk which uh i i don't know if y'all know but like comics wise she hulk was the character that broke the fourth wall? She was Deadpool before Deadpool. She was
0: Deadpool before Deadpool. Or even, mm-hmm. even Harley Quinn almost, I would say.
1: And I think she, we're hope, she get... was a blueprint. Yeah, and I think we're gonna get that in this show, which kind of makes me excited because that, that'll be fun. Um, and timeline-wise, this is probably pre Endgame, because mm-hmm. or no, post Infinity War, pre Endgame, because Hulk is shown as Professor Hulk. But he his, his, his arm, arm is isn't good. hurt. His arm is
2: yeah. still good, yeah.
1: Yeah, and we saw him in Shang-Chi that Bruce, as a depowered Hulk, which is post-end game, is, his arm is still hurt. So,
0: yeah. We'll have to see uh-huh. what happens with that. But I mean, that, it should be a fun show. I mean, like I said, they're kind of they're kicking all the original Avengers out. I mean, I think you read that uh, Feige, he wants to kill all of them
2: mm-hmm. in
0: end game. And they decided not to do it because it was like, okay, they couldn't give everyone a good send-off in one movie. So, I mean, I don't don't know if they'll kill Hawkeye and Hulk off in their shows. They may not, but they're at least kind of trying to, you know, do the all-new, all-different things. They're sort of phasing them out with their newer versions. And they're probably, Disney Plus, I think, is a good way to kind of test the waters and see what people like. And then they'll figure out what they want to do in movies probably afterwards on the screen.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, they only managed one good send off that was a death in Endgame, and that was Iron Man's. Nat, Nat's death was absolute trash.
2: Yeah. Agreed.
1: <laughs> um, next, we got Miss Marvel, um, which there's been controversy because of yeah. her power change, which I, I definitely disagree with. Um, but the one thing that this show is going to be very important on, and they put it in the little clip for the trailer, was that, you know, it's not the the brown girls from Jersey that saved the world, and, you know, maybe now it will be, and I'm just like, yeah. yeah. Kamala Khan is such a fun character.
0: And that, that character is um, important to so many people, too. I think that's why folks are already upset, like, they're changing something. I can't believe it, because, like, that that's a character that, like, we don't people don't want to see done wrong, you know? And we're on there's already like little bits of information that kinda it's a little scary. So we'll have to and they delayed it too. It's gonna to come out this year. And now it's not coming out to what? Next fall or next summer?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And I, I and just to touch on her powers is like the whole reason why that was so important to her origins is the fact that she didn't think she could be a hero looking like her so she tried to look like carol danvers and you know so going from you know like a brown girl to you know a blonde white woman it was you know like she felt like that that's the image of being a superhero that's the image of beauty and everything like that and so just to change it to having her light-based constructs is just kind of like unless she's going to like change the light around her to look like that that kind of lessens the impact of that very important character growth and representation for like yes like for brown girls everywhere but like literally any person of color who's been told like that you know that whiteness is the pinnacle of beauty or intelligence or anything like that i'll get off my soapbox now
0: <laughs> <laughs> i mean if if he said it i don't got anything to add
1: um we, we got a season two announcement for What If?
0: Yeah, I don't think we ever talked about... We I mean, we did we reviewed the first few episodes of What If, but not the ending. So I thought most of the individual episodes of What If were fine. Uh, Ultron just went down too easy in the finale, moved a little too fast, but they kind of wrote themselves into a corner with how strong they made him at the end. You ever... Chris, you didn't watch Bleach, right? Yeah, I did. Okay, you know Sasuke Isen. You know how yeah. OP the villain that show was? And then like the way they beat him was just... The main character getting a power up like it's you can't the problem with writing villains that are too strong is that any there's no realistic way to beat them. That's like satisfying. And I feel like what if at the end kind of fell into that, but I wouldn't mind a season two. We got to get that Mm -hmm. uh, Gamora episode Mm -hmm. that they Mm -hmm. cut. Um and, I mean, with that, that again, that's another... That's a concept that they can take wherever they want, especially as more movies are made. We can get a Shang-Chi What If, you know. I could imagine you do one, maybe, what if Shang-Chi, like, stayed with his dad and was, like, an assassin, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like you could have done a lot more. You can do... As they make more movies, you can do more What If episodes. So, yeah. I'm fine with that.
1: Yeah. Um, we also got The Echo series with it's going to be a Hawkeye
0: spinoff right
1: yeah Mm because she's going to show up in Hawkeye so that's that's good Echo's a good character um Spider-Man freshman year whoopee we're going to see Uncle Ben die again (laughs) 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 well
0: to be fair I mean look so many people complain that MCU Spider-Man didn't get his real origin like the other spider Men's did I think that's their way of trying to give it to the audience because like Tom Holland's getting older like you can't you know, so I mean, I mm-hmm. we'll it, we'll I mean, it really depends on what the show looks like. I don't the art style. I don't really know what they're going with that they're doing with that from like the little piece we saw. But who knows?
2: It's like Where's Waldo to me. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> but yeah. Um. Then we also got a new logo for Ironheart, um, who we know is going to show up, and I don't think we've talked about it. Who's going to show up in Black Panther two? Um. So that's cool uh i am groot
0: that was new i think
1: yeah i don't remember mm-hmm. that being announced before but yay baby groot or teenage Groot. uh and Catherine Hahn is returning for agatha house of harkness i think um, that that
0: show was made just for tiktok i'm pretty sure
1: doesn't matter i think katherine Hahn has enough of a fan base built in as well as like a lot of people did like agatha as well so i i, I think it i think it's going to be a fun show i'm just, trying to figure out though is it going to be pre WandaVision or post WandaVision because they didn't they didn't offer
2: I'm so. kind of hoping it's both
1: Yeah, me too. Like yeah. a
2: flashbacks and maybe present day in it would be kind of cool to have kind of like a reverse WandaVision because she at the end, you know, doesn't know who she is anymore. Mhm. So I feel like they could that would be kind of an interesting direction for her to like rediscover that she's Agatha. mm
1: mm-hmm. Mhm. Uh, and then the last two things are Marvel Zombies and a uh, little look at Secret Invasion, where we got Old Man Fury.
0: Yeah, I mean, so Secret Invasion. I mean, yeah, so that 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 yeah, that that's probably the most like cool Nick Fury has ever looked. He looks like he's uh, he's been through some stuff. So yeah, I, that's another thing. Like yeah, with the Secret Invasion, I don't doing that as a show. I'm like. Is this tying into other stuff? Is this a multiverse thing? Cause like they kind of, I mean, we complained when Captain Marvel came out that they made the scrolls good, so it's kind of like, how are they gonna do Secret Invasion? Where like they're already kind of aware of the scrolls and what they can do. At least Fury is, so it's kind of like, there's is there's is there just an evil sect of scrolls somewhere. Like what's mm-hmm. going on? Cause like yeah, I don't know. They, it just. The way the MCU kind of set up the scrolls, I don't know how you do that, especially as a show. Right. So I don't know. So but it did. He he looked cool. You know, Sam J Sam J, you know, he's he's a lot older than I thought he was.
1: Yeah, he's in his mm-hmm. late seventies.
0: Yeah. So.
1: Or mid seventies, one of the two. Um, but yeah, no. Uh Marvel fans, you definitely got fed on Disney Plus Day. Can't relate as a Star Wars fan, but you know. <laughs> uh oh, you know,
0: you sound kinda bitter, Chris
1: give i just want a crumb of information about the lando show that's all i want is it going to be billy d is it going to be donald glover is it going to be both when does it take place just give me something all is, I know it is, is it live
2: action is it animated a, they didn't say anything about it, they
0: no. doing it isn't it an obi-wan show that's about to come
1: out yeah but that's going to come out sometime next year and it's fine i can wait for that i like i can wait for like because we know what it's about we we, mm-hmm. we know who's gonna be in it. We I don't need anything more more than that because I know it's coming yeah. probably within the next like six. I've,
2: months. I've been saying that Kenobi is the no way home of Star Wars right now. so You're as right. much as I'm excited about it, I'm just like, can we can we talk about other stuff too?
1: Yeah. but uh, yeah, so that that that's uh, catching up on Marvel um, catch us next month when we talk about no way home.
0: Yeah, uh, we, we gotta, yeah, we, I mean, well, you're, you're on, you guys are on TikTok. I mean, you know, if you want that engagement, you gotta have, we gotta have our No Way Home stuff like planned, you know, probably want to record right after that movie comes out.
1: Yeah, we're just, we're just going to leave the theater and just be like, all right, podcast time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll, we'll try to work it out. It's the holidays. Nobody's working then anyway.
1: Yeah. Really. Kind of. Okay. No. But yeah, no, the, the, that's a wrap on this episode. Uh, special thank you to Brooke B. Dazzler for, for coming on. Uh, one last time for the people, uh, let them know where they can find you.
0: Yeah, and plug anything, plug any projects or anything you want to.
2: Awesome. Well, thanks again for having me on. This was super fun. Um, I love talking about Marvel as much as I love talking about Star Wars. Uh, I don't get to talk about Marvel as much. Um, but you can find me on uh, TikTok, b underscore dazzler b underscore underscore dazzler on twitch and you can check out my etsy shop uh far far away factory
1: awesome all right thank you thanks for coming on again
0: all right and until uh until next time live long and prosper
1: there are more of us